0: Our scripture reading for this morning comes from Mark. The first part is from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. You can find that on your pew Bibles on page 1,558. Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And then the second reading comes from Mark 14, verses 43 to 51. You can find that on page 1,582. Mark 14, beginning at verse 43. Page 581, 1581. Jesus Arrested. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with crowds and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man, wearing, a, wearing nothing but a linen garment, was following Jesus. And when they seized him, he fled, naked, leaving his garment behind. Thus far the reading.
1: Great. Thank you, Ina. We are uh, looking, our text is from Mark chapter 4. Where we have, again, Jesus speaking a word of comfort to his disciples. And he says in verse 40 to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Congregation of Jesus Christ, as we are gathered here in the season of Lent, we are thinking about our sin and how Jesus comes to save us. How his coming just makes all the difference. And especially to set us free, free from our fears. And so this morning, too, we, we want to take that theme, freedom from fears, and, and like I mentioned last week, just to, to realize, first of all, when God made this world, when he said in creation everything was good, Genesis 1, then, then there was no fear either. Then the, the living before God in this world was just good. Everything was Going to work out well. And that was the understanding. But when sin comes, then fear comes. So after the fall in Genesis 3, then, then things become fearful. And so those kind of things what we're looking at. Things are no longer good all the time. Things can in fact go very badly in this world and in our lives. And that's scary, frightening. There is much uncertainty. You can have an accident. I just learned the other day. My, do you remember the a couple horses got out and were on the highway, right? That was yeah, a week ago, ten days ago, right? And 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 I thought too. I heard about that. I thought, oh yeah, that's that's unfortunate. And then a couple days ago, I found out. It was my nephew was one of the guys who hit one of those horses. And and they were, yeah, shaken up pretty bad. And you think, too, he was just driving with his fiance to the airport and they were going to fly to see her parents in B.C. And boom, there horses on the highway. And it could have been much, much worse. But by God's grace, it wasn't. But, but stuff happens, right? And there's nothing we can do about it. And so living in a world that everything is good... Uh, No, things can go bad so quickly. And so illness, war, famine, injustice, death. If you watched the lately news, it's frightening. As my dad got older, he quit watching the news. Just was too frightening, too upsetting. If you want to be safe, you better lock your doors. I was reminded by Walter and Ella The other day they dropped by the house and Ella saw the garage door was open and she said, close that door because people will come and take those bikes. That's the world we live in. It's, It's a fearful, you can't trust, you don't know. When Jesus enters into this fallen world, the one thing that strikes him is our fear. He looks at us and he says, Man, you guys are, are, are living in fear. You are, you are worried. You are stressed. You are upset about all kinds of things. And rightly so, because this is a scary world. But that really strikes him. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And so in the Gospels, he says over and over do not fear, do not be afraid. I even know people who, who go out hiking in the mountains. And, and they love to hike in the mountain. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous to get out. But there's bears, right? <laughs> it's scary, right? And, and I know, too, our son David, he was always, too, he's taller than me. And, 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 and he, he likes to carry an axe with him when he hikes. <laughs> Just think, you don't know. You can't be sure, right? It's scary a little bit. And so so fear characterizes us in a fallen world. Here in our text in Mark 4, Jesus asks his disciples, asks us, why are you so afraid? And just for us to think about that, reflect on that a little bit. Why are we so afraid? Because there's things we are afraid of, things, things we are worried about right now, we wonder about, we're not sure about. And then to hear the good news of the gospel, that Jesus comes to free us from our fears by defeating the core, the very source of our fears, which is the reality of sin in this fallen world, that everything that was good is is now been taken over by the evil one, and in sin, we, we don't know anymore, we're not sure, there is a force attacking us, and as Jesus comes through his death on the cross, he confronts that curse of sin and even the shadow of death that hangs over all of us. And in his suffering, in his death, he defeats the enemy. So we no longer need to live in fear. That's the good news of the, of the gospel. We can live in freedom and peace and knowledge of our Lord who has overcome that threat, that power. So during Lent, we are naming the various fears, and then seeing how the truth of the gospel sets us free from those fears. So today we're looking at the fear of circumstances. And just a couple examples specifically as we look at this. First example, health. You are fine, and then suddenly you are not fine. That happens. It's scary. And what I find in ministering to people in those circumstances, something happens with their health. All of a sudden they're not feeling well. All of a sudden they know for sure something is not right. Then then our human mind, knowing our experience and living in this world, we go to the worst possible prognosis right away in our mind. And so uh, a lump is found. And what is it well before anyone knows anything about anything in 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 the person's own heart and mind it's cancer it's it's the most aggressive and it's inoperable that's the immediate this is this is not good at all fear takes over it washes over us our friend patrick Perhaps you've met Patrick Caldwell. He's not here this morning, but he's come. He's joined us regularly. Patrick was working at the Joffrey plant. He's a crane operator. He does the heavy lifts, the high lifts. He's worked all over the world. He was working in Joffrey, and they found a lump in his lung. Immediately, Patrick, oh, awful, terrible. It's cancer. It's aggressive. I'm going to die. That was his response. They tested. He went to Edmonton. A number of us drove him. They tested him. It was no cancer. It was something, but it wasn't cancer. What a relief, eh? What a relief. But then they tested a little more, and it was cancer. Again, fear, shock. What is this, right? And then, and then, they let him know as, well, it's inoperable. Nothing we can do. So then those of us who are working with him said, yeah, this is, what is this, right? But then after a little bit again, too, we, we pray together, we trust in the Lord. Oh, it was operable. Wonderful. Wonderful relief. And so that, that roller coaster went along for a while. They were they were able to operate. Operations are fearful in themselves. The operation was successful. Then, then the fear of chemo and radiation. So all of that, and it turns out he doesn't need chemo and radiation. Praise the Lord. But that whole roller coaster of, of we live in fear in difficult circumstances. But through it all Actually, his story was one of this brought him to our church. This brought him back to faith. He had wandered from the Lord for many years. But this was God working through the circumstances to bring him back to faith. And through, through after he connected with us and, and Kevin at the hotel, a wonderful Christian, and, and shared with him too, and, and together we could share. And, and, and as Jesus took hold of him. There was a peace. He was less fearful. More faith. Now he's recovering and truly thankful to God. But those circumstances happen. And how do we deal with that? And how do we work with that? The second example is uh, here in Alberta. Just a reality, too, of those who have uh, lost work. At this time in Alberta, that's how it's going. Seems to be picking up a little bit, but that's a tremendous fear, too. There is a thought that, yeah, I have work, it'll always be there, it'll always be good, and then all of a sudden, the job is gone. The circumstances change. Fearful thing. What do you do then? It's frightening, and the and, and bills can't be paid, and, and you're thinking about going to the food bank, and, and it, it all becomes very dark and very difficult. The ship is sinking. It's sinking fast. And there's really nothing you can do. And, and it's just circumstances that are threatening you in a threatening world. So what do we do when we face fearful circumstances? This, this reading from Mark 4 uh, picks up on last week where Jesus was teaching by the lake. And so Jesus is again teaching by the lake and that story last week Jesus uses Simon Peter's boat. Here there's boats around. I'm not sure if he's teaching in a boat, but at the end of the day, he decides to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is not large. It's like Gull Lake. It's a little larger than Gull Lake, but it's not huge. And so you could actually cross it in, yeah, two, three hours if you've been there, like in an older boat with a sail or, or rowing. It would take a little while to get across, but it's not huge. You can see the other side. And so they decide that they're just, at the end of the day, going to cross the lake. Now, it is true that if you are on the lake, in the middle of the lake, and a storm comes, that's dangerous. But, yeah, it looks okay, and off they go. In verse 36, it says that they set out. It says there were also other boats with them. There's safety in numbers. It is a bit fearful going across the lake. But if we're together, a bunch of boats, and that's a strategy in a fallen world. That's a strategy in a fearful world. Don't go by yourself. Don't walk out at night in town by yourself. Go with some people. Don't hike by yourself. Go with the group. That's a strategy in a fallen world. You can't just go by yourself. That's a good strategy in a threatening world. So they are going with several boats, and it's going good, until, verse 7, a squall, and it says a furious squall, and, and strong winds, high waves, and, and on the lake, they are making their way, uh, just knowing the, the geography of the places being mentioned, they are going from west to east across the lake, and storms, most all the storms come from the west off the Mediterranean and over the lake. So the waves are breaking over the back of the boat. And so the boat is in danger of being swamped. Very fearful. Now some commentators suggest that the boats were small, so it's more dangerous. But it says Jesus was asleep in the stern of one of the boats on a cushion. So it suggests there were were different sizes of boats. So this was likely actually a bigger boat. So then the, the next step in that, well, this is a bigger storm. This is a more difficult circumstance. This is, even in a bigger boat, very dangerous. So this is the circumstances they find themselves in. And then you wonder, how could Jesus sleep through the storm? How could he sleep in the middle of all of that? It makes me think of various places in the scriptures. Isaiah 26 says, God will keep them in perfect peace who steadfastly trust in him. So it is a picture of of Jesus is at peace. Jesus Is quiet and still. It's a posture of faith. It's it's a living without fear. Jesus is free from fear. He's okay in this storm. He is sleeping peacefully with the storm raging around him. Let me ask you, what is the first thing that happens when we are stressed, when the storms of life hit us? We can't sleep. It, it just doesn't work, right? If things are going downhill fast for you, you are not resting comfortably in your bed. You are like the little guy in VeggieTales. You are up. You are worried. This is not good. Cannot sleep. When these difficult circumstances come as well, What comes to mind as you lay awake at night? As you think about things in your life, as you think about things that are threatening your livelihood, the question that comes to mind after we go through some of the, yeah, general how might this, how might that, when we are thinking about things of faith, a question that comes to mind, a deep faith question God, don't don't you care? Don't you care about me? That that comes. In the night, no sleep, difficult circumstances. And then, God, God, how can you let this happen? Psalm 13. How long, O Lord? Why is this happening to me? So, God, don't you care? Notice in verse 38, the disciples wake Jesus up. And what do they say to him? Jesus, don't you care that we are going to drown? That's, that's our heart, our soul struggling. God, don't you care? And, and it's amazing how in difficult circumstances we, we, we turn around. We blame God. We blame Jesus. This, this is a reflex of sin in us. This is a work of the evil one. That in our hard times, he tries to distance us from God. And he turns our minds around and, and we start to blame God. God, don't you care? At a time when we need him most and, and, and our trust weakens and we are worried, Jesus, God, just doesn't care. And then we begin to feel a little bit like when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's how we feel. Forsaken by God. And that's, that's Jesus takes that on himself on the cross, that feeling that can come so quickly when we are in difficult circumstances. Now Jesus, Jesus in his ministry, through all his ministry, tried to remind the disciples and us often that, that troubles will come. I read from, from 1 Peter, uh, John 16, verse 33. Jesus says to the disciples, when, when he's explaining to them he will have to suffer and die, he says to them, in this world you will have troubles. You will. You will have things that will happen. You will. Why? Because this is a sinful, fallen world. And the devil will try to destroy your faith. But take heart, he says, I have overcome the world. And we'll see what he means by that in a moment. But first, I want you to note that Jesus does care. When we come with the question, God, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? Yes, Jesus cares. He is right there in the boat with them. He is right there with them in the storm. He cares deeply, and He is always with us, as He promised, in the difficult times. Hear that this morning for sure. Jesus says in Hebrews 13, verse 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise to us in the difficult circumstances, and that that helps take away our fear. So in hard circumstances, don't let that idea take hold of you that somehow God does not care. He does. In fact, he cared so much that he is willing to die to save you. And that's evident here in Mark 14. We read from Mark 14 where where Jesus is being arrested. In in the story of Lent, Jesus makes his way to Jerusalem. He is praying quietly in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. He knows the storm is coming. And then here in verse 43, the storm hits, the storm of his suffering and death. Judas arrives with the crowd, armed with swords and clubs. It's a storm of conflict. Judas gives the signal, the poison kiss, and then... There's a bit of a, a, a struggle as Jesus is arrested. Uh, he is seized by the soldiers. He is, he is probably chained or tied in some way. And, and for his followers, his disciples, it looks like like the ship is sinking. Things are, are, are going down. This, this storm is... The Savior is being overpowered. And, and even when Jesus speaks here, Jesus speaks... He says to them, why are you arresting me now? Here, I was in the temple. But then then he says too, so scriptures will be fulfilled. He doesn't doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't doesn't exert any authority over them. Uh, The situation in the eyes of the disciples look pretty hopeless. Even a little bit like when they woke him up in the boat, what, what were they actually expecting him to do? And so here, as he's arrested too, he doesn't really do that much. It's a big storm. He, he could just do something, maybe. But he doesn't. And so there is a sense of the storm sweeping over. And what happens? Everyone flees in fear. Verse 50. They all fled. In, in that storm... They all fled. And it's interesting, verse 51, 52, the young man who left his robe and ran off naked. That, I mean, talk about fear and, and just running. And, and the thought is that that was Mark. That young man was Mark who wrote this gospel. And, and just the fear took over him, and he just, he just left and ran. He didn't care anymore. And so that's a picture of fear, which is in relation to our fear when we struggle. We don't care. We, we leave our faith. We leave God. We, we in our fear, can, can run from Jesus, can run from God. And then, and then we, we, we don't care. We don't care that, that he has helped us through all kinds of things in the past. All of a sudden, that's gone. In this circumstance, he's not here. I'm running. That, that tendency to flee when, when something bad happens, and then you think, I'm just out of here. I'm, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not, I'm not calling on God anymore. It's just done and all that god has done in the past all his faithfulness is lost and it's an amazing contrast jesus who is with the disciples in the boat and now when jesus needs them they are gone in the storm our fear can cause us to abandon god to abandon jesus our savior so this is the real threat in our fear in different difficult circumstances When we need Jesus the most, we flee, we pull back, we question. When instead, we need to focus more on Him, on who He is, and that He is there for us. So, what what happens when we actually keep our faith, when we actually keep our focus on Jesus instead of on the circumstances that we're facing? Mark 4, I love Mark 4, I love the wording of Mark 4. Mark 4 verse 39 says, they, they got a hold of him, they shook him, they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Uh, they, they are experiencing the storm, uh, threatening them with death. And really, sin in this world threatens all of us with death, a fearful thing. We are all going to drown in our sin. But then it says, it says in verse 39, He got up. He was sleeping in the boat. It says, He got up. And that's one way of translating it. But you could also translate it, He arose. He arose. He arose. This is an anticipation of Easter morning. He arose. Jesus stood up in the boat. He confronted the power that threatened to kill them all. And he rebuked that power. He rose up, and in this case, Against the winds and the waves he told them to be calm and, and the fear of death was gone. And in the same way his suffering and death on the cross he was asleep in death. But he arose Easter morning. He stood up and he rebuked the powers of sin and death. And he says you don't have any power here anymore. And we need to be hearing that and be calm. The calm in our hearts. The calm in our souls. That he rebukes all that threatens us. And in his resurrection, he demonstrates his power. And just like the wind and waves are calm, so we can be calm. In all circumstances. Assured of Jesus' power. Our faith in him is stronger, is bigger than any fear that we have. So in a world of storms and fears, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we do that, when we actually put our faith in Jesus, say, Jesus, we we see you as Lord. We see you as the one who rose from the dead, the living Lord. When we say that, when Jesus stands up in our lives, in my life, in your life, if you would invite Jesus to stand up, in your life, he will bring that shalom, that peace in our very soul. And it's a very specific term when Jesus says, a peace be still, quiet be still. It's, it's an inner, it's an inner peace in your heart and soul. The chains of fear come off. You are not afraid in circumstances. There are difficult circumstances. But but the fear doesn't overwhelm you. Faith takes hold. And you are calm at the center. And I've seen that in people often. People of faith. People who experience hard times. And and you wonder, I wonder, to go to them. What will they say? What will they do? And you go to them, and, and they minister to you. Because in their heart, they are at peace. And God works by his grace to strengthen them, and they strengthen you. People of God, do you know this truth? Do you believe it? Then why are you afraid? Jesus asks disciples, asks us, why are we always so fearful? Be assured again today. That our faith overcomes fears. We look to Jesus in all circumstances. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, calm the storms in us. We know that you care for us. May each one here hear your voice saying to them, peace be still, trust in me, believe in me, Let me into your life. Lord, set us free from all of the fears that rise up, that roll over, that threaten to drown us in despair. Be our peace again, today and always. Amen.